Hi, my friends. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your practice and uh, your efforts, yeah? Uh, and thank you so much for all of us for your support. Just liking and subscribing, a couple of seconds it takes, uh, does a lot for the algorithm <clears throat> to help uh, promote this resource, which is not just these free videos, but free podcasts, free uh, uh, you know, information on the on the threefoldlows.com website. Um, it's an old website, so it's HTTP, but don't worry. Uh, there's no JavaScripts or anything there um, to uh, capture your information or anything. It's just a simple page-by-page, -page, like a bulletin board, right? So uh, please don't let your browser keep you from going there because uh, there's so much free information there, and it is totally safe. There's nothing crawling around in there. Um, I want to remind you, you'll know right away when I talk about the Four Noble Truths, right? And uh, that the Third Noble Truth is the cessation of the cravings and clingings, Right? that leads us ultimately to our enlightenment. So I've talked about that in many, many different ways over the last few years throughout these videos. I have videos about it. And um, I'm trying to think of some of the ways, some of the analogies that I've talked about. You hear me say all the time, for instance, uh, our, our identification, right? Craving and clinging, becoming a way of identifying a samsaric self, an identity, by possessing, accruing, having, have, not having. These are the obsessions of samsara, right? Um, if you ventured into Vasubandhu's descriptions of the skandhas, oh my, you've come across a tremendous amount of language that you've, it's, it's a slog. It's not easily deciphered. But if you've studied, studied it at all, I had to get my mouth to work this morning, um, he breaks it down in such infinitesimal little steps what we're about to read isn't that much of a slog, but I want to call your attention to it, even if you haven't read Vasubandhu or the, about the skandhas. And by the way, there's a link on threefoldlows.com on the uh, core studies uh, materials page, right? There's a button about skandhas, and so you can read some of the scholarship that I've condensed and put together for you to peruse without reading all of Vasubandhu, right? Uh, but even so, we are now in this stage, right, where there's a shift from what we talked about in the last video, from identifying this teaching as the ultimate, then uh, how this teaching connects to all the previous teachings, and how to reinvestigate our potential as bodhisattvas to accomplish something never before known or understood, this complete, this perfect enlightenment, right? <clears throat> and so 
Uh, using this as example, and we're now in the parable of the conjured city, before he uh, dives deeply into this parable, he's in the midst of it, but he goes back to some of those early teachings to call forth our memory of how we construct a reality that really isn't, or it's a, a temporal reality, a reality that we use to navigate samsara, but that is not the ultimate reality which we can only perceive through perfect and complete enlightenment, and therefore break loose, bake free, liberate ourselves from all the devices of samsara that have us locked in this sort of battle between being and not being, and thinking that we can continue to be only by um, shoring up, bolstering or buttressing our sense of self with possessions and stuff, right? The, the cravings and clinging. And he's going to take that apart in the next few chapter, uh, uh, paragraphs. So I'm just calling your attention to it. And if you see me smile wryly at the, <laughs> at the lens here, you'll know I'm just, it's like a little beep in the junior high slideshow, right? Beep, pay attention. Okay, here we go. <laughs> at that time, thus come one victorious through great penetrating knowledge, entertaining the uh, entreaties of the great Brahma God kings of the Ten Directions, as well as those of the Sixteen Princes, at that very time thrice turned the Dharma wheel of the Twelve Spokes. Twelve is a number you should be familiar with. Hmm? The Twelve Link Causal Chain, the Nidana, the Twelve, Divi Twelve is used quite often. Hmm? Which neither... Shramanas, nor Brahmans, nor gods, nor Maras, nor Brahmas, nor inhabitants of other worlds can turn, namely, this is woe. This is the collection of woe. This is the extinction of woe. This is the road to that extinction. What and in this translation, woe is used a lot, and it's W-O-E, in case you were wondering, woe. In other words, Stress, anxiety, more generally referred to as suffering. So we're right back at the Four Noble Truths, right? And I only point that out because it's not a repetition of the Four Noble Truths, but this is all built upon that initial statement to alert students to the path. And it comes in culmination right here in the Lotus Sutra, <clears throat> And as I've said many times, Shakyamuni taught the same thing over and over again, albeit to different audiences, right? So now we're going to dig into it a bit. Also, the Dharma of the Twelve Causes and Conditions, the Nidana, in clarity, conditions, actions, actions, condition, cognition, Cognition conditions name and visible form, Namarupa. Name and visible form condition the six entries, the six senses. Hmm? The six entries condition contact. Again, I refer you to the skandhas here. Contact conditions sensation. See how every sen 
thing is broken down. There's the consciousness, and it's built of the sense organ, what the sense organ perceives, how we connect to that perception, how that connection results in a sensation. See, every single step of the program, if you will, Sensation conditions greed, because now that you've sensed something, you either want more or less of it. There's that identification and craving, clinging, right? You can crave something or you can crave to not something. This is both positive and negative, yeah? Greed conditions seizure, what I've often referred to as possession, hmm? Seizure conditions being, ah, there's identification in its truest form. By having, I identify it and me, because I am the seizer and that is the seized. Hmm? Being conditions old age, this is going to wear out eventually, because you're still in permanentizing, which is a false, the delusion we have of our experience. Death, care, grief, woe, and anguish, they all result from this seizing identification being. So being, in this case, is being used as that accumulated identification, right? When inclarity is extinguished, when you can get rid of this delusion in clarity, he says. Then actions are extinguished. What actions? The actions of seizure, right? When actions are extinguished, then cognition is extinguished. Because when you're no longer grasping at things, then the things you're grasping at, are they don't have any attention. They don't have any role to play. When cognition is extinguished, then name and visible form are extinguished. Navarupa. It's going backwards, right? When name and visible form are extinguished, then the six entries are extinguished. Hmm? The inflows. When the six entries are extinguished, then contact is extinguished. And when contact is extinguished, then sensation is extinguished. When sensation is extinguished, then greed is extinguished. When greed is extinguished, greed, the craving and clinging, yeah. Then seizure is extinguished. You don't need more. You don't need another. When seizure is extinguished, then being is extinguished. The being of the accrued identity and so what are you left with? The, a different being, a moment-to-moment momentum of ing, being, yeah? When being is extinguished, then birth is extinguished. The cycle of birth and death. Birth, death, birth, death, birth, death, birth, death. Or death, rebirth, death, rebirth, death, rebirth, death, rebirth. I can't say that as fast. <laughs> 
And when birth is extinguished, then old age, death, care, grief, woe, and anguish are all extinguished. No longer dragging the past, clinging to the past, craving a future, just being in the momentum, engaged. There's no requisite of beginning or ending in being engaged. There's no time. There's just the momentum and being aware, conscious of that. That's Buddhahood. Hmm? When the Buddha, in the midst of a great multitude of gods and men, was preaching this Dharma, 600 myriads of millions of Nayutas of human beings, because they would not accept any Dharmas, had their thoughts freed from all outflows. Outflows being the distractions of the sensations, the greed, the attachment, the craving, the clingings. Right? No need. So much to witness right now. Hmm? All and all gained profound and subtle dhyana concentration. Dhyana, it's not, a, don't confuse it with meditation in this use, but awareness, the mind opening to this new condition of existence. Hmm? The three clarities and the six penetrations and were fully endowed with the eight deliverances or liberations. Yeah, You can look those up individually. And maybe, maybe I should make, I'll make entries about that in the new volume two. I keep, I keep adding to it. Can't help it. When he delivered the second, third, and fourth Dharma sermons, living beings equal in number to a thousand myriads of millions times the number of the sands of the Ganges, times a Nayuta, because they would not accept any dharmas, also had their thoughts freed from all outflows. Thereafter, the multitude of voice hearers was incalculable, limitless, not to be counted. So when he says not accepting any dharmas, that might confuse you, because we've associated dharma with the teaching of Buddhahood. But dharmas is a word that means much more than that, right? Certainly we're talking about the dharma of Myoho Dengekyo in this instance. But when he says not accepting any dharmas, he's saying the experience defined by many things as he just went through the list. Pick one, like hunger. The dharma of hunger is the stomach growling the, the, the sensation of emptying, of uh, the sensation of needing nourishment, the sensation of not just food hunger, right? Of want. Why do you want? Because you're clinging to an experience, an experience of uh, a pastrami sandwich, an experience of french fries, an, an experience of flesh, sexual pleasures, an experience of flying, an experience, all experiences are dharmas. And those dharmas consist of a whole multitude of conditions and tendencies, right? That's the description of a dharma. 
experience. And so the Dharma we're concerned with in the Lotus Sutra is the Dharma of enlightenment. But when he says uh, will not, uh, they would not accept any dharmas, he's not talking about the Dharma of enlightenment. He's talking about any distracting dharma that would take us away from this central point. Right? So please don't get confused with that. The way I would maybe try to identify that better in a translation, but it is what it is. At that time, the 16 princes, remember the story, right? all as boys, left their household and became shramaneras, Buddhist novices in the world of learning. Yeah, Their faculties keen and penetrating, their wisdom pellicid, having already made offerings to a hundred thousand myriads of millions of Buddhas, purely cultivated Brahmin conduct, they were on their best conduct, and sought Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. All addressed the Buddha, saying, O world-honored one, for our sakes too, you should preach the Anuttara Samyak Sambodai Dharma. You see? Dharma again. What is the experience of Full, complete, perfect enlightenment. Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. When we have heard it, we shall all cultivate learning together. World Honored One, we aspire to the World Honored One's knowledge and insight. The experience. What our deep thoughts are pondering of that the Buddha himself has direct knowledge. We understand, we understand this dharma is amazing. We don't understand exactly how we're supposed to break free from our current understanding of the world and all of our distractions. How do we shut that off? How do we liberate ourselves from that so that we can experience this ultimate dharma? Please share that with us, yeah? At that time, within a multitude led by the wheel-turning sage king, Eight myriads of millions of men, seeing that the sixteen princes had left their household, also sought to leave their households. In other words, all of the responsibilities and activities and actions that somebody living in a family, at that time families were like corporations today, right? Everyone had their role to help the family subsist and grow, hmm? But they leave all that behind to pursue the life of enlightenment, which the family had to be okay with. They had to give permission because they were going to have to take up the slack. So this is no small endeavor, right? The king straight away allowed them to do so. There you have it. Right? At that time, the Buddha, entertaining the Shramanas in 3T, went... 20,000 kalpas had passed in the midst of the fourfold multitude finally preached this, well, it took a long time, right? This scripture of the great vehicle named the Lotus Blossom of the Fine Dharma, the Myo Hodenge Kyo. A Dharma taught to bodhisattvas, one in which Buddhas keep in mind. So there's this I don't want to confuse you on this, but I but it's important to talk about it. So a bodhisattva 
is a physical samsaric being. Samsaric in the sense that we are constructed of all the constituent energies that provide for us a base to emerge an emergent property we call mind. You can't touch the mind. You can't identify it. You can't locate it in the physical realm. The mind is something that instantiates and grows of this apparatus of the brain, the circulatory, the, the human body. And it, it, Nietzsche refers to this all the time, right? He talks about, and I just did a short about this, a short video, a 60-second spot, where Nietzsche says, once again, if you're looking for enlightenment, if you're looking for Gohanzan, if you're looking for, and not in the 60-second short, but I've said this many times, and Nietzsche has said this verbatim, if you never search for this Gohanzan, this portal to your Buddha eye, outside of your flesh and blood body, your five-foot body. Five-foot, just an arbitrary measurement, but an average, yeah? So the body, Buddhism is always aware of the body. There's no, you know, disassembly of the body or... There's no magic or mysticism in Buddhism. People like to push that in there because... All our cultures on the planet are religiously trained, and religion excels at the idea of un, unimaginable stuff because you can't challenge unimaginable stuff. Buddhism is about experience, and you can challenge it. You do every day, all the time. Yeah. So what he's saying is the lotus blossom of the fine uh, dharma, the Myoho Rengekyo, is a dharma taught to bodhisattvas, you and I, human beings, hmm? one which Buddhas keep in mind. So, if you flip that around, it's very easy to understand that Buddha is only something perceptible in what? The five-foot body, the flesh and blood body, this samsaric existence. You're not going to experience Buddha when this body is extinct, when it dies. Buddha is nowhere else. So this nonsense about after death, we go to someplace else, we don't go anywhere. We are no longer. And so enlightenment knows enlightenment via this bodhisattva practice. Now, there are many steps to bodhisattva. You can start very simply being bodhisattva. But the more we practice, the more we chant, the more we open our Buddha eye, the more our life itself becomes imbued with clarity. Clarity, as we just read, annihilating all of those delusions. Hmm? Deconstructing the construct. And then being involved, engaged in the very act of karma, of the engine of life, of energy's potential instantiating moment to moment to moment to moment. That's our goal, right? Remaining here to experience the wondrous manifestations as well as bring other people 
to this very vision, this very insight, this very being, liberating them as we are from the conditions and tendencies of samsara. When he had preached, yes, I'm moving on. <laughs> when he had preached this scripture, the 16 shamaneras for Anuttara Samyak Sambodai sake, all together received and held it, committed it to memory and recited it, and sharply penetrated its meaning. They did a full gongyo, right? Of the, the, what do you call it? The um, not extended bond. Anyway, Nietzschean talked about this too, right? The recitation of the entire 69,384 characters of the Lotus Sutra. I'm so proud of remembering that number. And they all received resolve. Because once you know something, you know it. Even if you deny it, you know it, right? Among the voice hearers also were some who were inclined to it, but the remainder of the multitudinous beings in their thousands of myriads of millions of varieties all evinced doubts. So here it is. Exactly what I prepared us for on this chapter is that no matter how much you dedicate yourself to this practice, there are moments, we are samsaric beings after all, where uh, we're not sure. Everything makes sense. Everything seems absolutely right. But maybe our practice turns into a dull repetition. Maybe our conviction, our resolve, uh, we just make it a formal practice and we start to just do it out of ritual. And Nietzsche's always talking about that, yeah? Single-mindedly. That's why I say to you, savor your practice. When you feel yourself slipping, slow down. Even if all you can do is spend 15 minutes in front of your butsudan and slowly consider what each one of them means, make it a penetrating kind of focus. Change it up. You'll feel it, I guarantee. That Buddha preached this scripture for 8,000 kalpas, never resting or tiring. When he had finished preaching this sutra, scripture, straight away he entered a quiet room where he remained in concentration for 84,000 kalpas. 84,000, obviously a number which calls to mind all of the teachings of Shakyamuni. Yeah? At that time, each of the 16 Bodhisattva Shamaneras, knowing that the Buddha had entered his room, as we do, we, we set up a room for, with our stupa, right? Our, our uh, butsudan and scroll and hmm, altar, where he was quietly concentrated in dhyana, in meditation, right? Which, you know, I call our chanting a, a uh, active meditation because we actively engage our physical attributes of bodhisattva to focus every aspect of our being to our gohanza mind. Hmm? 
That's why this is the ultimate teaching. Ascend a Dharma throne where he also, throughout 84,000 kalpas and for the sake of the four assemblies, broadly explained and set forth distinctly the scripture of the blossom of the fine Dharma, the Myoho Rengekyo, each conveying to liberation, liberating uh, living beings equal in number to the sands of 600 myriads of millions of Nayutas of Ganges rivers, demonstrating and teaching, giving profit and joy, and enabling the beings to evince the Anuttara Samyaksambodai mind. There it is again. Where is Buddha? In the mind. Hmm. Because Dharma, because it's an experience. The only place you can experience anything is in the mind. And the mind only exists in this five-foot body. Everything tracks, yeah? When the Buddha, victorious through great penetrating knowledge, had paused through, passed through 84,000 kalpas, he arose from his samadhi and approached his dharma throne where he sat in composure. Then he declared equally to all the great multitude. These 16 bodhisattva shramaneras are exceeding rare. Their faculties penetrating and keen, and their wisdom pellicid. They themselves have already, in times past, made offerings to countless thousands of myriads of millions of Buddhas, in whose presence they were constantly cultivating Brahman conduct, receiving and keeping Buddha knowledge, manifesting it to living beings, and causing them to enter into it. We hear that kind of statement a lot. And basically, it simply means that when you reach enlightenment, when you open your Buddha eye, time becomes irrelevant. Your understanding is the same understanding from beginningless time to the end of the cosmos. Nothing is different. Moment to moment to moment, the same process is occurring. The engine of life. Please look up that term in uh, Bodhism, uh, Buddhism reference. Yeah? My, the first volume. The engine of life. The formation of karma. The formation from quiescent energy into namarupa, into form, into life. All, all of what we call or identify as life. The cosmos. You, I, me, hmm? the I. When the Buddha victorious through great penetrating knowledge had passed through 84,000 kalpas, he rose, la, 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 la. then he declared equally to the multitude, these 16 bodhisattvas are rare. They themselves have made these uh, realizations in whose presence they were constantly cultivating the right conduct and uh, receiving and keeping Buddha knowledge, manifesting it to living beings and causing them to enter into it just by their presence, let alone by assisting them to work toward the path of self-enlightenment, self-realization. Hmm? You must all, time and again, approach them and make offerings to them because of their influence, because of their 
their liberation of others' beings, you should invest in them. Right? This is a good cause for you to make because it imbues you with the respect and dignity that they are offering. Why is this? Because if any voice hearer or Pratyaka Buddha or Bodhisattva able to believe in the script or take confidence in the text, the dharmas, the teachings preached by these 16 bodhisattvas can receive and hold them without maligning them, that person shall in every case attain Anuttara Samyak Sambodai, perfect and complete enlightenment. The wisdom of the thus come one, the wisdom of Buddha, available to all of us, all within our capacity, but we need some guidance because we're completely inundated with distractions of samsara. We're built by it, right? The Buddha declared to the bhikshus, these 16 bodhisattvas constantly wished to preach this myoho renge kyo, and the living beings equal in number to the sands of 600 million millions of nayutas of Ganges rivers, converted by each and every one of these bodhisattvas and born in these numbers in each and every age, together with the bodhisattvas and having heard the Dharma from them, all felt inclined to it. And by reason of this, were able to encounter four myriad millions of world-honored Buddhas and to this very moment have not stopped doing so. In other words, entered on the path. Hmm? O bhikshus and bhikshunis, I now declare this to you. Those disciples of that Buddha, the 16 Shramaneras, now having all gained Anuttara Samyak Sambodai, are at present preaching the Dharma in the lands of the Ten Directions, having incalculable hundreds of thousands of myriads of millions of bodhisattvas and voice hearers for their retinue. Two of the Shramaneras have become Buddhas in the East, one named Akshobhya, dwelling in the land of joy, the second name Sumero Peak. In the southeast, there are two Buddhas, one named Lion Sound, the second named Lion Sign. The south has two Buddhas, one named Space Dweller and the second named Ever Extinguished. The southwest has two Buddhas, one named Sovereign Sign, the second named Brahma Sign. The West has two Buddhas, one named Amiteus, second named Savior of All Worlds from Pain and Woe. The Northwest has two Buddhas, one named Supernatural Penetration of the Fragrance of Tamalapatra and Kandana. The second named Sumeru Sign. The North has two Buddhas, one named Cloud Self-Master, the second named King of the Cloud Self-Masters. The Northeast has a Buddha named He Who Demolishes the Fears of All the Worlds. Uh, the second, or uh, the sixteenth, sorry, is I Myself, Shakyamuni Buddha, who in the Saha land have achieved Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. Whoa. Okay. So now he's saying he was one of those 16 princes. 
He's not establishing a chronology for his life. He's simply stating that the Buddha-ness that he, uh, Shakyamuni, has attained is the same Buddha-ness that has always been available and is available and will be available because it is the condition on which the cosmos is built. Moment to moment to moment to moment. Hmm? O bhikshus of the living beings as numerous as the sands of incalculable hundreds of thousands of myriads of millions of Ganges rivers, who having heard the Dharma from me, achieved Anuttara Samyak Sambodai, of those beings, I say to those who dwell on voice hearers' ground, I teach Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. Those persons shall, by virtue of this Dharma, at length enter into the Buddha's path. This is, this is the Lotus Sutra now, right? Why is this? Because the thus come one's wisdom is hard to believe and hard to understand. You've heard that statement many, many times, right? The living beings who were converted at that time, as numerous as the sands of the incalculable Ganges rivers is, are you yourselves? See, he's taking this fable, this parable, and he's getting people, to, his students, to understand, I'm talking about you and me. This sounds like a parable, and it's very fanciful and hyperbolic, but it's, it's our transfer of experience right now. <laughs> o bhikshus, the voice-hearing disciples who shall in time to come after my extinction. After my extinction, see now he's speaking to the future. It's not quite clear yet, but that's what he's doing. After my extinction, there shall again be disciples not having heard this scripture, this teaching, and not knowing nor being aware of bodhisattva conduct, shall entertain the notions of extinction with regard to the merits attained by themselves and shall enter nirvana, Right, the, the, the lower teachings, and they'll think they know everything, that, but they don't. I will become a Buddha in another realm, having again a different name, though these persons may evince the notion of extinction and enter nirvana, yet in that land, seeking Buddha wisdom, they shall be able to hear this text, this teaching, to hear that it is only with the Buddha vehicle that one can gain extinction. That there is no other vehicle except for the dharmas preached by the thus come ones as a matter of expedient device. O bhikshus, when the thus come one of himself knows that this time of nirvana has arrived and also that his multitude is pure, that their inclinations are firm, and that having arrived at an understanding of the Dharma of emptiness, they have profoundly entered into the dhyana concentration. He then assembles the bodhisattvas and the multitude of voice hearers, and for their sakes preaches this sermon, the Lotus Sutra. There are not 
in the world two vehicles by which one can gain extinction. There is only one Buddha vehicle by which one can gain extinction, and that is all. O bhikshus, know that the thus come one's skill at the use of expedient devices is such that he profoundly enters into the beings' natures, remember we talked about people's natures, and that knowing that they aspire to a lesser dharma and that they are profoundly attached to the five desires, skandhas, for their sakes he preaches nirvana. He gives them a carry. He says, you can get free of these desires that have such a hold on you. It's, it's nirvana. Work toward that. But that's not full, perfect enlightenment, is it? He just gives them a carrot to work toward. Here, this is what nirvana can be. These persons, when they hear the preaching, then they believe it and accept it because it seems attainable to them. Right? We've already read a lot about that. Now, he's going to continue. And uh, I think because we've already reached 40 minutes, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to pause here, and uh, sorry, we will continue in the next video. But you see, there's a very hard shift happening here from what seemed almost kind of repetitive about uh, expedient means and how how great this teaching is about to be, but now he's really hammering it down. This is the way to be Bodhisattva. This is what you need to emulate. This is what you need to understand. This is it now. This is the one way. Hmm? All right, I'm going to close on that. Um, I have to thank you again for uh, staying with me here to the end of the video. If you're, um, if you're inclined to do so, please say, um, excuse me, like, the video, subscribe. I'm not telling you like it, but by pressing the like button, by subscribing to this channel, you are supporting this propagation effort so others, more people can have access to it. It's the way the algorithm and the search engine in, in, in uh, YouTube works. But it's profoundly helpful that you do so. Uh, it's, it's actually a part of your propagation. So it's a bodhisattva act, right? Also, there's all kinds of links in the description. If you want to go to the website, if you want the podcast for free, if you want uh, to look for ebooks or print books or a correct Nichiren inscribed mandala, mm, um, it's all available there. So please uh, avail yourself to the resources, all of the resources. And for those of you patrons on Patreon or direct through PayPal who help support this endeavor month to month, Namo Myodenkekyo. Thank you profoundly. We're all in your debt. All right. Take care of your health. Please do that. It's a kindness to yourself and everyone else because if you're around, you're practicing and your practice is what influences others. So guess what? Staying healthy is also a Bodhisattva act. Truly. I, <laughs> okay. So do that. And uh, that way I'll see you in the next one. Bye for now. Thank you.